Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, next guest, looking forward to speaking to Malcolm. He spent half his life at the Sydney Swans. Yes. Helped him get into the grand final. He's a premiership player. It's a famous name in footy, too, with both uh, Nick and his dad. And we welcome Nick Davis. Nick, thanks for your time. How are you? No, really well, thank you. You've had a, a wonderful career, Collingwood and Sydney. You've spent more than half your life in different roles with the Sydney Swans, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I, I came back to Sydney um, in 2003. It was my first year back at the Swans. And then uh, I had a couple of years out when I finished playing in, in 2010. But, yeah, I've sort of been back now um, since 2012. Started as a runner in, in 2012 for the Premiership then. <laughs> and some development roles, assistant coaching roles with the men's uh, through our talent pathways with the academy and now with uh, AFLW. So it's been, I've been really lucky to, uh, to be a part of the club since yeah, 2003. Yeah, and a premiership player. What makes him so good? Malcolm and I were just talking before about only two coaches really in the last, you know, 20-odd years, Ruzi and, and John Longmire, and you very rarely lose decent players and you can attract players. What what makes Sydney so good? Um, oh, there's a few things. Um, look, it's, it's not a bad lifestyle. It does cost a little bit more to live here, as it's been pretty <laughs> well documented. But, um, look, I think it's just been stability, you know, on and off the field um, through our whole club, through our... Our team in, um, our, our heads of footy, obviously our coaches only have two head coaches since I've been here. And even our sponsors have had TBE and, and our major sponsors on board for a long time. So stability, um, you know, it attracts talent on and off the field and it helps us keep them as well. So And you know, and winning games, absolutely, that, uh, that helps as well. Yeah, identifying talent. Now, I was at a game. It was called the second semi-final in 2005 at Geelong playing a Sydney in the SCG, which ended up being a famous, famous premiership win, as David's mentioned. But that last quarter of yours and uh, the Anthony Hudson famous line, when you kick the last goal to put him in front and win by three points, I see it, but I don't believe it. I was, I was thinking, I was, I was screaming out for Rougey, make a change, do something, Paul. <laughs> You and were, you... <laughs> Malcolm. It's a, it's a, your voice is something very familiar to me. I've, I've, as you can imagine, that uh, I have seen that quarter and, in particular, those last four goals a few times. But uh, yeah, it, as you can probably remember, it was a while ago. But yeah, it was a wet night and things sort of weren't really going. And, and Ruzi did make a couple of changes at, at three-quarter time to probably more to where we wanted to hit the ball. We used to hit it in sort of tight and let our our hard-nosed beats go to work, but. We started to hit the ball on the outside where uh, where the half boards were, and look, I happened to just get in the way four times and, and ended up kicking the four goals. And probably it's it sort of uh, uh, it's probably a lot different to the Matildas, but um, obviously their their big uh, quarter final last week, when similar to my semi final, if you don't go on and win it, 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 it probably it, it's not a bad game, but it doesn't mean as much. But the fact that the Swannies were able to go on and, and win in 2005. It, um, it sort of adds to it a little bit more. Nick, you know the thing I loved about it, and I, you know, I played a lot in the midfield, I played everywhere, but you actually weren't flat-footed. You, you know, when you're around half-forward, you actually got a bit on the move. You know, you can actually create some havoc doing that. Now, not enough players do it. I see some do it, but the way you did it that night was brilliant because you're on the move. 
Yeah, and probably with a level of anticipation, uh, Malcolm, and that comes with practice. We we did practice a lot of those stoppages, um, you know, in pre-season and during the season, and, and you've coached successfully, and you can anticipate if you've practiced it a lot. And we had uh, myself on the right side, and then Adam Snyder and Aidan Buchanan, the left footers, uh, working their side. But look, I'd probably anticipated a little bit more, and yeah, got on the move and. Um, sort of had an idea of where it was going, but yeah, yeah, with movement that makes you hard to defend as well. So yeah, it's not a bad point. You're involved with AFLW, and uh, that's certainly kicking goals. But what about this week? What a what a game! Sydney or mm. Adelaide, whoever wins probably gets a spot in the eight. It's that tight. It's like a it's like a mini final, isn't it? Saturday night. Yeah, it's been like that for a few teams for the last probably months, and it's and it's really starting to tighten up now. Obviously. Uh, talking about this game, the, the Swans and, and the Crows, to, to be able to go down there. The, the Swans are, um, are on a bit of a winning streak. and um, it, It's sort of been that that season where teams have been able to get on runs. And if you get healthy and, and you get your best players on the field, you're able to, to string some wins together. And the Swans have been able to do that. But I understand that they're, they're under no illusion that they're... they're They've got to run the table probably and, and go to Adelaide and, and, and beat a, a really good side. And then if they can do that, then you get Melbourne here at home you know, on the last uh, on the last round. But first things first, they've got to go to yeah. Adelaide. Uh, we know a lot of them about their good players, Jordan Dawson. Uh, we knew how good he was when, when he walked out of here and he's um, he's just gone from strength to strength and he's a fabulous leader for that club. Yeah, you got. I love some of your players too, Chad Warner, Golden, McInerney, McDonald. You got a heap of others. But just on Jordan Dawson, did you think he was this good? I mean, a lot of people in Adelaide wouldn't really have known of Jordan Dawson. He was a he was a good player, played on the wing half back, and and yeah, I know he had a very good last year. But he's come over here and absolutely killed it. Yeah, look, I, I probably do. I had a fair bit to do with Dawson. I was his development coach when he first arrived, and. Um, he he was always um, a, a really good talent, um, a beautiful left foot as everyone uh, would would know over in Adelaide, and probably in his development. Um, and Malcolm, you understand in, in your, your your last training session, you sort of run your your 18 versus the, the opposition, and, and Jordan Dawson was always probably the the key player in the opposition. He was Marcus Bontempelli, he was Gary Ablett, he was um, Paddy Dangerfield, he was. He was always the, the good player, so he so he'd do his homework of so he could, you know, let our let our eight midfielders go against them, and he, he probably learnt some really good um, habits and, and tips from watching those players. And yeah, he, he's a quality human, um, and he's beautiful family from Robe. And um, yeah, look, we we knew how good he was, uh, but um, unfortunately, you can't keep him off. No, that's. No, that's true. Particularly the way that you had the Sydney team has recruited over the years. Just talking on that. You know when the academies first started in, in Sydney and the northern states and I was part of the Gold Coast Suns and all that sort of stuff and I think the Gold Coast are going to get some players out of it this year but I've been really impressed with the work that's happened in Sydney. Now I know it's been over a fair bit of time now but the academy has been a real winner for the AFL and for the Sydney Swans in New South Wales. Yeah, it has been, Malcolm. And look, probably the, the spotlight gets shone on um, Isaac and Callum, Errol, Braden Campbell, the the players that have come out and, and, and made it for the Sydney Swans, but at the at the grassroots level, at the community level, what it's been able to do to the game um, has been astronomical in regards to sort of boys and girls participation, uh, coaching participation. The academy has really been able to to, to raise the standard, and um, 
I said, everyone sort of sees the, the, the fruit on top being the really good players that have come out of it, but um, there's, there's hundreds of other young players that have been able to stay in the game of AFL in a, in a rugby league town, which Sydney is, and, and you would have seen the same at the Gold Coast. Two of my favourite players, Nick, have come from Sydney, Adam Goods and Lance Franklin. I've been saying to Malcolm for the last five years, he's the best player I've seen in the modern era. You've seen him close up. and What has he meant for the club? And, and give us a snapshot on what Lance is like, because we don't hear him speak all that often in the media. Yeah, no, he, uh, when he sort of first came to the club, um, I was working in the senior department. and uh, yeah, As everyone sort of knew, it was, it was a, a pretty well-kept secret. And um, sort of met Lance and then walked down the corridor and, and, uh, and the horse has gone, OK, now it's your job to fix the, the best play in the competition's goal kicking. And I was like, oh, great. What am I going to tell you? <laughs> 600 goals, had a goal kick. But uh, we struck up a, a, you know, a really good friendship and a, and a bond there. Um, and I was just lucky. I got to stand on the market training and watch the, uh, the best cold kicker of the modern era uh, go to work and, and try and help him out. He's, uh, he's a modest guy. He's, he's, a, he's a humble champion, uh, a great family man. And it's probably not going to be until two or three years down the track that we really realise, you know, how good he was. And, uh, and I was probably the same with, with Adam Goods, given the fact that I was really close mates with him at the club and, and played with him. But you don't really understand the you know, the aura of them and, and how they're held in, in, in the footy world. But, um, yeah, I've been really lucky to, to play with, with Goodsy and then to uh, and, and to watch Bert, uh, Bud go to work um, here at the Swans. And he'll be missed, not only by the Swans, but by the game. Yeah, David mentioned you've had two coaches, seems like, for 100 years. Bruce <laughs> <laughs> and John Lomer. I know John really well. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but uh, after Guy McKenna finished at the Gold Coast Suns, I, only, I rang one person. I was on the board and I rang one person, uh, John Longmire, just to see if he was still committed to the Swans. And he said, I was. I never rang him again. I've spoken to him a number of times <laughs> since. But that's how I rated him, you know, just as a person going around a footy club. And he just continues to do it, doesn't he? You would have been very close to him. What are some of his strengths? Um, look, I reckon he's been able to really adapt and evolve his, his coaching and his leadership style to the game. Uh, it, it's hard, Malcolm, you know, in, a, in an AFL competition with draft and salary cap, it's meant to equalise and he's not meant to stay at the top for a long time. And he's been able to evolve his coaching style to the game and also to the, to the athletes. The, the, the kids that come through now, they're a bit different to when he was probably coached by Dennis Hagen and that, uh, that fire and brimstone sort of coach. Um, and he's got that in him, but he's been able to really adapt. And, and I really admire that for, for John to, to be able to, to you know, be at the pointy end of a competition in a really good team. He's, um, he's adapted his style of coaching a lot. Now, Nick, time flies. You're 43 now. I wouldn't ask the question, have you ever had a job outside of footy? Has it always uh, been yeah, football? Yeah, no, I have, no. I, uh, I worked at the race. I was a foreman at, uh, at Randwick there for a little while. I was just got yep. a bit of a, I had a horse just so I can ride and all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, worked at the races for a little bit, and then a mate of mine had a concreting business, so I jumped on the tools there for a little while, and uh, I enjoyed that. I, I just enjoyed it, um, just learning something new because I've, I've been playing footy in yeah. you know high representative teams since 15, and sort of probably knew it inside out. But I, I just really enjoyed the challenge of, of learning something new. But um, in speaking of learning something new, coaching girls is something absolutely new to me too. So they're just about to enter the field, so I might have to take off. <laughs> one last quick one then, mate. I've got to ask you this. 
I know you love your horses and all that sort of stuff, but I, I played with your dad at North Melbourne. I know he played at the Swans in Carlton. But I, I had a look at the records today. I noticed Nick uh, Craig, your father, good fella, played 163 games. You've ended up playing 168. Do you take the bragging rights when you get with your dad? Yeah, and I got the premiership. He unfortunately yeah, of course, yeah. losing one. So, um, yeah, that's right. I, um, no, I, that probably yeah, that probably trumped everything, buddy. There was no one prouder uh, on 2005 than him. So, uh, no, hey, I, do, I probably did win. Thanks for the chat, mate, and uh, good luck with the girls. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye.